Welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. How's everybody doing today? Uh, I'm recording this episode. Uh, I recorded this Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night, and so maybe once this episode drops, there might be some news uh, possibly dropping that we won't be able to get a chance to speak about, but we will discuss that on the next episode. But let's talk about some of the stuff that's going on. A lot has happened. Um, I just want to start off the show before I get into all hockey-related things uh, to just send my condolences as well as everybody in the Locked On Lightning family as well. Of course, everybody part of the Locked On Podcast Network, their condolences uh, to the families and friends of those of the victims from that just absolutely horrendous, tragic event that happened over the weekend in Nova Scotia. It's absolutely terrible what happened and always unfortunate to hear things like that happen but unfortunately in the world we live in that's that's some of the reality that we have to live with but moving on to more uh positive things i would just like to also once again as i did on my laptop last episode and i will continue to thank them all the essential workers all the hospital workers all of those who are day by day going out and risking their health to so we, so us normal citizens could stay home. So we just like to say thank you to all of them, all the essential workers, all the doctors, the nurses, all of you who are working tirelessly uh, throughout the day. So thank you once again. We salute you. So today we got a lot to talk about. Um, first of all, before I get into any NHL related news on in a kind of a Tampa related thing uh i'm sure a lot of you have heard by now a lot of you lightning fans if you're football fans the tampa bay uh buccaneers are putting the league on notice in the nfl i know this is an nhl show and i'm sure a lot of you want to listen stuff about hockey especially about the lightning but we we can't go on especially with the news that's happened in the last couple of hours last 24 hours that uh the the tampa bay buccaneers made a trade for newly unretired tight end and future Hall of Famer Rob Gronkowski uh, pairing him up with his old teammate Tom Brady here in the Tampa area. So that's going to be very interesting. I'm sure uh, a lot of Lightning fans who are Buccaneers fans who are football fans are interested to see how that team is going to be this year. Of course, I'm not going to get too much into it. I'm just going to say right off the bat, I think they're going to have a good year. I'm not going to say right uh, right off if they're going to have you know set the league on fire and you know win the whole thing, but it's going to be very interesting to see how, especially Brady and Gronkowski pair up with Evans and that whole group of guys down uh, down in the Tampa area with the Buccaneers. So well, let's see how they do it once uh, the season starts. So in NHL news around, we just also you know I I start off the show saluting all the 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 employees that work in hospitals and stuff. But one one uh, person who's really making a difference is actually a Lightning employee. And he his name is Bryce Huffman. I don't know if you've heard about him. He works for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And he also has a 3D printer. So what he's been doing in, I guess, his spare time during quarantine and such is he's been printing 3D uh, protective masks for for people that are unable to so, you know, that's especially in a crisis like this, especially in a time like this, it's always great to see people, everyday people, especially who have jobs that you wouldn't even expect to be able to be doing things like this, uh, to be stepping up and help whenever, whichever way they can. And so once again, uh, 
Lockdown Lightning, we're all of us here at Lockdown Lightning, we salute you, Bryce. So thank you. Thank you for uh, doing your part. We really, really appreciate it. So moving on to NHL news, you know, obviously not a lot going on, but of course, you know, we like to pick out everything that is going on thus far. So if you were, I believe it was on Instagram or I'm not entirely entirely sure what platform I was on. Maybe you can find a video of it on NHL.com. But Alexander Ovechkin and Wayne Gretzky had a little FaceTime conference, of course, leading up to their NHL 20 matchup that they will be having this week, I believe, on the 22nd for for charity. But it was kind of interesting um, that Gretzky seems very confident that Ovechkin is going to be able to catch him. Now, I'm curious as to what a lot of people think. Uh, I think, of course, this time off and with, you know, the 18 or so games, especially with Ovechkin being around 34 and, you know, he's at 706 right now in ter- uh, with the goal numbers and, and Gretzky has 894 and that puts him about 188 goals away. Now, 34 in the National Hockey League is by no means old. You know, you have a lot of players these days playing up, up into maybe like, I would say maybe the 42, 43 mark. So Ovechkin has a lot of time, you know, he has about maybe eight years till he gets that. But at the same time, you know, I you can't really see Ovechkin really keeping up the pace he has. Of course, even with, if you look at Gretzky's career, I mean, he, I don't believe he hit over 50 goals after his 25th birthday, um, which of course, I mean, is still actually, no, I believe it was, I think his 28 uh, age, 28 year old uh, season uh, when he was with the Kings, I believe that was maybe his uh, first year with the Kings. He had 54 that year. So I, and that was his last year uh, top in 54. And then you could see kind of, if you're looking at hockey reference, his, his goal uh, tally started to decline. And of course, you know, that happens. Um, there's a lot of things that are involved, not just age. I mean, you know, Gretzky was still in his twenties when you could start of see his offensive numbers in terms of goals start to tail off. But at the same time, his assist numbers were um, in somewhat consistent, but with Ovechkin, you know, he's 34 and, you know, he's scored a ton of goals and he, he really provides a lot of the out, the, the offensive uh, output for his team. So, yeah, they do play different styles of games uh, in terms of Gretzky really uh, controlled the puck a lot, especially around the crease where Ovechkin's more of, you know, a setup and one-timer kind of guy. But I think that if, as long as he stays healthy, and of course this, you know, these 18 or so games kind of don't help him, but at the same time, you know, you could, you could just look at kind of that is if you were to get, that's just more of a, I guess a, you know, a motivation for Ovechkin to stay healthy, which he is. He doesn't really get injured so often. If he does, he'll miss maybe one or two games. You know, he's a tough guy. Uh, I think that if he plays consistent, you know, he could very well, I think, get close to Gretzky. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to reach that number. Like I said, he has 188 goals. Um, and I would assume you could expect maybe OV to start slowing down maybe in the next two to three years. Then, then again, who knows? You know, there's a lot more things these days uh, at his disposal 
than Gretzky did back in the back in the day where, you know, there's a lot more workout regimens, better rep, workout regimens, a lot more equipment, a lot more recovery stuff out there for these athletes. So who knows how long or how more how much more consistent he could be. So, you know, only time will tell at the same time, you know, because at the same it, it's there's a lot of factors that go in this is what I'm really saying. But you never know. I would like to see him break the record just because it's one of those records where you never thought in for you thought it was one of those records that's going to uh, stand the test of time. You know, uh, I believe when Gretzky retired, he owned, I believe, 62 records in the National Hockey League, and now he has 61. So it's one of those things where, you know, you're going to have to see. Um, I don't believe, I believe he's not going to try. I don't think he's going to make an attempt. I don't think he's going to get come close to Gretzky in points. I think that's one record that might just, um, that might be unbreakable. I think the only person that could have possibly, I would have to say maybe Crosby would, if he would have stayed healthy, if he would have played as many games as Ovechkin has in his career um, up to this point, I think that maybe Cros Sidney Crosby would have had just because he he could score a lot of goals as well as you know dish out a lot of assists. So, but so I don't know. I guess yeah. I think if you had to ask me right now, do I think on the spot, yes or no? Do I think Ovechkin's going to catch Gretzky? I think he's going to come close. I think, but I would have to say no. I think. The closest OV comes is 850. I think that's a good number for OV. I think around the 850, 855, maybe 860s. I think he gets really close, but he doesn't get close enough. But that doesn't mean I'm going to be rooting against him. I think I want to see him break the record. I hope he does. I hope a lot of those goals in the future don't come against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm sure a lot of Lightning fans and would agree with me on that. Um, you know, plus I, I think that. You know, oh, having a guy in in net like Andre Vasilevsky is definitely going to give Ovi a hard time to try and put the puck past a big guy like that. So we'll have to see in the future. We'll have to see how Ovi plays and how how good a shape he is, and you know how 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 consistently healthy he could be. So last week I spoke about some of the best seasons in Lightning history, and you know I thought I was thinking to myself when I was trying to put together content for this week is how how do i go about that? how do i follow that up because i hope a lot of you uh had a good time listening and following along with me and if if you want to go back and listen to it you haven't got a chance go ahead go ahead and listen i always encourage you guys to go back and listen to past episodes because i try to try to build off of them or try to connect them all in some way of course uh so i decided what I'm going to do this week, and I think that a lot of you will find this interesting, and this will definitely leave up a lot of room for debate. And like I said always, and I say on every episode, uh, if you want to contact the show, if you want to chime in on certain topics or whatever we spoke about on past episodes or that day's episode, go ahead, send us a tweet at LO underscore lightning on Twitter or email the show at lockedonlightning at gmail.com or even, you know, send me send me a tweet at uh, APDanker, D-E-N-K-E-R on Twitter, and I'll get right back to you right away on that. Um, I always like to be very, very interactive with a lot of fans on the show. So definitely I would love to see all your reactions and how you feel about this. So this week what I'm going to do is I am going to rank some of the best seas individual seasons in Lightning history. 
So here's my top five that I think you're going to like. And I'm not going to cover them all on today's show, of course. I'm only going to, I think I'm going to talk about maybe, maybe two at a time. If you're kind of wondering, yes, I will be doing this kind of in ranking order. So today I'll talk about the the fifth and fourth best seasons in like individual seasons in lightning history and those seasons belong to victor hedman uh his we'll talk we'll go one by one so victor hedman's 2016 2017 campaign was absolutely unreal now of course for some of you these numbers might not jump off the page to you but the reason why and i'll just read his numbers real quick and i'll explain to you why i think that this deserves the number five spot in tampa bay lightning franchise history for best season by an individual player and in case you're wondering net i'm only this week i'm only going to cover defensemen and forwards next week i'll dive into goalies just to kind of spread it out so we could you know keep on so it's very organized and yeah so yeah number five goes to victor hedman and he had 72 points 16 goals and 56 assists and that the the 72 points is the most points by a tampa bay defenseman in franchise history so right then and there deserves a spot on this list now the reason why he's number five is because he of course had 72 points and in comparison to some of the forwards that have had seasons you know for this team that may be either an average season or maybe a mediocre season depending on which player we're exactly talking about but for the reason why it's so good and so impressive is because it's for defensemen now of course if you know the game of hockey you know that defensemen don't exactly throw up a lot of goals which is why guys like al mcginnis and bobby orr and ray bork guys like that are considered some of the great players in nhl history because they're defensemen and they put up not only a lot of a ton of points but they score a lot of goals and Victor Hedman is not exactly known for scoring a ton of goals. Uh, 16, you know, is a lot for Victor Hedman. Uh, what he's really known for is, and what I really think of when I think of Victor Hedman, and I've said it a lot before on past episodes, and I'll and I'll and I'm going to continue to say it. So you know, in case you're not wondering, what I like to say about Victor Hedman is that he's very consistent, and I think this is kind of the thing that kind of works against Victor when you're talking about have when you're when you have him in the Norris trophy chat about you know if he's deserving enough of that and I think that's kind of the thing that is kind of working against his favor this year as well is that Victor Hedman is very consistent he and he's consistently good he's it's Victor Hedman does Victor Hedman things and that's that that's a short that's a cool way of for me at least of saying Victor Hedman is consistently good and he's consistently put up these numbers so you know, it's not going to jump off the page really that much when you look at Victor Hedman's stats for an overall season. And the thing that really surprised me about this season in 16-17 is that he's having these very impressive seasons, yet there's a lot of doubt that he's going to win the Norris Trophy, which is, of course, rewarded to the the league's top defenseman. And so I look, I went back a little a little did a little digging and you know of course wasn't hard you know with everything at our disposal on the internet but if you look at the norris trophy standings of course um brett brett burns won the norris trophy that year and he had he had 76 points which of course is impressive uh he he scored 29 goals and he had 47 assists he had a plus minus of 19 and i think that's what you know kind of really put him over the top of course um 
And I think that's kind of the thing that's putting John Carlson over the top of Victor Hedman, where, you know, Victor Hedman, of course, doesn't score a lot of goals, but at the same time, he, he, he dishes the puck around very well. He's, creates a lot of scoring chances, not only for himself, but as well as his teammates. So it's one of those things where, unfortunately, it, it you can't really measure that on paper other than assistant point shares, which I've, if you haven't listened to past episodes, go ahead. I spoke a lot about that in the Norris Trophy discussion episode. So if you go back a couple episodes, so if you're not really familiar with it, point shares is the estimate of number of points contributed by a player. As telling as that stat is, of course, it doesn't tell the whole story. Now, if you want to compare the point shares between the top three players, and so it was Brett Burns, who of course won, with 15.3 points shared. Uh, Eric Carlson, who was with the Otto Senators then, had 12.9 points shared. And Victor Hedman in third, who has 12 points shares. So that gives you kind of a I guess it, I guess for me, at least it, it measures how valuable a player is. And it's a good tool to use when you really want to measure how valuable defensemen are, because of course they're not going to sh- score a lot of goals as well as put up, you know, they'll put up si- assists, but they're not going to put up crazy numbers. Like as if you saw maybe a Sidney Crosby or a guy like Dun- uh, Jonathan Taves, you know, guys who, who really are playmakers and sit up their teammates for a lot of goals. And the thing that's kind of funny, that was kind of funny to me, is that when I went back and I saw that Hedman didn't win the Norris Trophy, in my head I was like, wait, didn't he win it uh, that year? And then it it, it turns out um, he actually ended up winning it the next year, which was, of course, very impressive. He had an absolutely monster season for a defenseman that year. So, you know, maybe he'll win it this year, hopefully. I don't know. Maybe if... Maybe he has a good playoffs and the writers will kind of look at that and maybe they'll put him over the top over John Carlson, of course. But I think that if I really had to give a unbiased opinion as to who I thought that who would win the Norris trophy, I think that I think that um, John Carlson has it on the back pretty much. All right. So I hope you guys like that part about that. I'm curious. Maybe you have another player who stood out that maybe at the end of this week uh, you could give us a shout out on the show and maybe there's a player in lightning history who you think deserves a place in the top five who maybe kind of got the snub on this. So in the number four spot now, I was very conflicted about where I was going to place him because this player of course means a lot to the Tampa Bay lightning franchise as well as a lot of Tampa Bay fans, but at the same and what he accomplished in this year uh, was it was monumental for the franchise, and it was very surprising when I went back and I did a little bit of the research that he was the first player to accomplish this. So the number four spot goes to Marty St. Louis, and this is for his 2003-2004 campaign in which he's, he notched 94 points, 56 assists, 38 goals. He ended up winning the Hart, Hart Trophy, the Ross Trophy, and the Pearson Trophy. Uh, but the thing that was really significant to me, and of course, if we all know what happens at the end of the season, the Lightning, along with him leading the way with Brad Richards and Dave Antrichek and Cabby Bullen, and the list goes on, they, you know, they end up winning the Cup against the Calgary Flames in seven games. But the thing that was very that stood out to me, and I was really conflicted about this because I feel like this little fact about his points total really. You could make the case just because of the significance it has towards the franchise up until that point. 
could have pushed them up a couple of spots and kind of like this ranking is that Mars St. Louis, uh, his 94 points was the first time a lightning player ever notched 90 points, which is absolutely impressive. And at the same time, it was kind of a head scratcher. You kind of, it, it was very interesting that it took a lightning player that long to get up to the 90 mark. And I even double checked, you know, the numbers year by year to see who were the leading point, uh, score was on this team and you know it was very interesting just because you kind of figured from the time the 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 team starts playing games and during the 92 93 season you know especially with brian bradley leading the team with 86 points that you've kind of figured that since they already got the 86 point they already got to the 80 point mark within their inaugural season that you would have thought maybe in the next five seasons at least that a player maybe would put up 90 points, but that get, I, that wasn't the case. And, you know, the, what it turned out, you know, I was trying to figure out, I went through the records, I went through the rosters, and unfortunately the reason why was that they just didn't have good players. This team was, this franchise was obviously a new team, uh, very, you know, one of the baby face teams in the league, and it just, the case, the, the, the case could be made that this team just was not good and their record shows it. And when you're not a good team in the National Hockey League, more times than not, the reason is why, because you don't handle the puck well, you don't have good goaltending, and you don't have guys who could score goals. So, of course, if you don't have people scoring goals, you're not going to have people notching assists, thus not putting up points. That's just the way the game works. So it was very interesting because if you even go back to – the 99-2000 season, you had guys like, you know, Vinny LeCavier, who led the team in points that year. He only had 67, which was pretty pretty insane now that you think about it, since, you know, you know where Vinny LeCavier's career is going to go. So it's just one of those things that was very interesting. And, you know, once it kind of seemed like once Marty broke the 90-point mark, it sort of opened the floodgates for this team for scoring a lot of points. And, you know, you're going to see a trend if you go over the stats year by year uh, with Maurice St. Louis, uh, you know, once he scores 90 plus points, you know, you're going to see the next year where Brad Richards put 90 LeCavier in 2006-07 with 108. Uh, spoiler alert, he is on this list. So you'll hear about him in the next couple episodes or so. Uh, he, you know, he puts up back to back seasons of 90 plus points. So it's just one of those things that was very interesting to me where I, I was very surprised that it took this long for a lightning player to crack the 90 point mark. But the reason why I was so conflicted about when I was making this ranking system, uh, I guess this list or the system or whatever you would like to call it is because he won, they won the cup that year. And of course, St. Louis was a huge part of that. So I guess the case could be made maybe top three just because that is their only cup up until this point. Uh, maybe if they were to make a make, make another cup run maybe this year or in the f- possible near future, the case could be you know made to even move St. Louis down depending on you know who from that team. So I mean yeah he won a ton of awards that year and he also he also won a cup. So I guess you know of course it's not a perfect perfect list, but I think he's right where he needs to be considering the statistics. If you look at the stats mainly and not what the team did that year, of course, he was a huge part of their success. 
but we're just talking about individual seasons. You know, we just we discussed last season. If you want to jump into that and maybe go back and forth between not only these episodes or this up those episodes from last week discussing the franchises, but best seasons, maybe you could tie those two in together. So, and I'm kind of doing my best with this. I think that going back, uh, and that's what had me thinking. And that's why I'm doing these this week is when I was going back and looking at the best seasons in lightning history, the reason why, um, I, the, how I judged them was because of how the players played and how they played together as a team and how it really contributed to the success. And that's why I put such an emphasis on the criteria of how they did in the playoffs and how deep were their playoff runs, because that really goes a far away. If, if these teams could play very well together during the regular season, then they will definitely do a very good job and uh, make a lot of noise in the playoffs. So I think that was a good way to start the list. I think, you know, now that I'm thinking about it and I'm discussing it out loud with all of you, uh, it's, I think that maybe when this, when we're done, when I'm done discussing the whole list, when I get up after I'm finished with number one, uh, I think that maybe I'll go back and I'll move St. Louis 0304 up to maybe, I want to say maybe the top three. We'll see. We'll see how I'll, maybe I'll talk myself into it. We'll see. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just very interesting, especially with that 90 point mark. Uh, taking for for a player on the lightning to take so long, but the the, the funny thing is, once he kind of breaks through it, like I said, the floodgates open and he starts seeing lightning's players notching eighty five plus points a year, and you know they they've been especially the last three or so years, you've, you'll see a lightning player not only score about forty goals, but also get at least close to a hundred points. So, you know, that's a good sign. And that shows that the team is playing very well and they have a, and it's, it's not always the same player every year. So that shows that, you know, they have, and it's the guys who play together. So you, you kind of see an overlap on guys playing with each other who have played with each other, doing their part and leading the team in points and goals and so on. So that's a very, that's a very positive side to see, especially since uh, the Oh three Oh four season. So that's been it for Lockdown Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I hope everybody had a great day today. I hope everybody had a lot of fun listening to this. I know I did talking about it. And just remember, stay safe, wash those hands, and remember to stay tuned while you're quarantined for another episode of Lockdown Lightning. Have a good one, everybody. Mm-hmm.